Welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking. And guess what, y'all? We Black in the Garden. Hey, Soil Cousins. It's your girl, Cola B. Talking. And if you listen to the intro, you probably already know that. But good afternoon. Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world listening to this. I'm so grateful to have your ears. And you know, I don't take that for granted. You know, I don't. And I feel like what's happening with season three, especially uh, these last few episodes, is we're kind of building on something. Just rock with me. Let's see. So it's very much like a, it's winter, right? As as the season is unfolding, uh, the timing pretty much kind of took place. Well, not kind of. It definitely took place around winter. And, you know, that's generally a time when not a lot of gardening is going on for the most part. I mean, shout out to those of you who are doing winter sowing. I mean, obviously, if you're your houseplant gang, then, of course, you know, you're doing that. And you may have been noticing some changes in your plants. Those of you who are new to plants, because I know we got a lot of new plant moms and dads and plant-demic um, planters is what I'll call y'all. Just new to the game and trying to figure out how the hell you keep your plants from dying. But hey, spoiler alert, some of them are going to die. So... <laughs> I hate to be the one to tell you, but you probably figured that out by now. So just, you know, give a, a, a RIP, throw them on in the compost and uh, keep it pushing. Get another one if you need to, or just, you know, appreciate what you have, especially if you already have a lot. You know, it's not really much to lose one or two out of 40, I suppose. But yes, enjoy just overall enjoy that experience with having your indoor plants. And like I was saying, for those of us who are really into outdoor gardening and, you know, all things plenty in the outdoors, a lot of stuff has died. You know, many things that we particularly love don't really do well in colder climates. Those of us who are in more tropical areas or in zones that support a lot of growth uh, during this time of year, you know, during the winter, the traditional cold-ass winter that, you know, everybody else pretty much knows. I'm thinking about, like, California and Florida, and I know we have soil cousins in places like Central America and Australia and, and shit like that, and I would love to hear from y'all you can email me. I don't know why y'all be acting so shy about emails. I love hearing from y'all. So send me an email and let me know what's popping with your plants. Of course, uh, take to social media. Instagram is my fave. Y'all should know that by now. Tag Black in the Garden. You can use the hashtag Black in the Garden. You, if you're not following me, following me by now, it's like, <laughs> what's your problem? Why would you listen to me? and not be following me on the socials. Get on there and tag me and let me know what is popping with you, If especially if you're doing some winter sewing or just anything in general, because I love to hear from y'all and hear about how being a soil cousin, as in a supporter and a listener of this show, is enriching your life. Because, I mean, that's a big part of what keeps me going and what keeps me excited about coming back week after week and month after month to continue keeping the show going. We have so much more to get into, so much more to talk about, and I'm just happy to have this opportunity to be able to do that as often as I possibly can. I wish I could do it every day. I wish I could, but that's not sustainable, and we know better than trying to pursue things that are not sustainable. That generally leads to burnout or destruction or something like that. So this episode, oh my God, this episode, two things are going to happen. So as soon as I get done yakking and, you know, just warming you up and, and welcoming you to this episode, we are going to hear 
from my kitties, okay? We're calling that we're calling that bug life for now. It's the working title. <laughs> Black in the Garden is growing and evolving, you know, similar to name any plant. You know, that's what they do. And so we got the kids and they're going to have uh you're going to hear from them and our urban farm sister Nadia friend of the show, go back to season two and get into her episode if you're not familiar with her. She is our resident entomology expert and we love her for it. And so also on this episode, what you're getting ready to hear is an interview with a soil sister, pod cousin, Jade, just... She's the host of the Black Plant Chick podcast and she started that show uh, within like six months of Black in the Garden. And as soon as I found out, I was just so excited to have another Black Planty podcaster in this space with me because I know I mentioned this before and excuse me for the sniffles. It's not the Rona. Let's just start with that. Uh, Right quick, I had took a nice little stroll outside with the kids trying to get some fresh air and um, nature just really attacked my sinuses. So for me to not be sneezing right now is quite a miracle, but I'm doing my best to go ahead and and say what's up to y'all. But yeah, um, fighting through that. So back to my soil sister, fellow pod cousin, podcaster in the black plant space. I was very excited to hear from her, to to connect with her. And it, we just got right on and just the support, me saying, look, here goes somebody in this space wanting to have these conversations in her own special, dope, and amazing way. She's just brilliant. She's She inspires me in all the ways. And she's, she's just so dope about doing the things in the way that she does them. And so I'm so very happy to have her on Black in the Garden. Uh, you can go to her pod roll, go and check out Black... I mean, it's in the show notes, obviously. You knew I was going to say that. But go find the episode that I did with her. I spoke to her on her show uh, back in the summer of last year. And so we did get to speak. This was last year when we spoke. Like, these interviews are... I just have kind of like a season, generally, for when I do the bulk of my recording of the interviews. So this conversation did take place last year, a couple months ago. It's not like it's ancient, but, you know, this content is what I like to consider evergreen and and as timeless as I can make it. But just wanted to throw that in there to let y'all know for context that we spoke. And, you know, we will continue to speak. I'm sure that we'll collaborate on something again in the future. We're We're very much like, you know... How can we support each other and make things dope for each other? So that's that's the energy that we are on. And I'm so glad to have such an amazing person, plant mom, extraordinaire, plant influencer, whatever you want to, whatever she wants to be called, not what you want to call her. Okay. But I know her as Jade. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you get to know her a little bit on this interview as well. So here we are rocking and rolling well into season three of Black in the Garden. Thank y'all so much once again for being soil cousins and supporters of Black in the Garden. And I'm going to catch y'all on the other side of this. Peace. (laughs) Guess what? We're back. We were talking about what they eat. Like I said, the adults don't eat leaves, but they do eat pollen and they do eat nectar. So they're considered pollinators. You ever heard that word before, pollinator? Mm-hmm. It's a bug that pollinates plants. Yes. That what they do is they go to the flowers and they'll take pollen from one flower and they'll put it onto another flower. And that'll cause the flower to be pollinated, which means it'll make a fruit. So a lot of plants make seeds and things like that. And so they're, they're very important in that aspect is that we need them to 
be pollinators. So we got to keep them around. I know everybody hears about bees being pollinators and, mm-hmm. you know, butterflies and stuff like that. But there's a lot of different insects that are pollinators. Can you name an animal that's not an insect that's a pollinator? Um, oh, a hummingbird. Yes, hummingbirds. Can you think of one, Irie? Uh, a bat. Yes, a bat. Yes, so fruit bats. They actually help pollinate flowers and things like that. So there's a lot of different pollinators out there that we have to protect because if we don't have them, we don't have the uh, fruits that we want to eat and things like that. So they're very important. Wow. Do you guys have any questions? Mm-hmm. What do lightning bugs actually do to help plants? Well, they help pollinate plants. And then their, their larvae, they'll actually eat some insects that might damage plants. So they help in that aspect as well. Can you think of an insect that might damage your plants? Maybe a grasshopper. Yes, grasshoppers do cause damage. Did you know they eat, they eat more than grass? Grasshoppers eat grass. They eat grass, but they eat other, other vegetation as well. They'll hmm. eat all types of plants. Hmm. How about caterpillars? Oh yeah, because they eat the they eat the plants. Yeah, they but if we don't, but caterpillars. If you don't have caterpillars, guess what? You don't have what? Butterflies and moths. Oh yeah, because caterpillars <laughs> are babies. Yeah, they're baby butterflies. That's it. Yes. So people get mad at the caterpillars for eating up their plants, but then they love the butterflies. <laughs> people don't really like moths, even though moths are just the night butterflies. But yeah, they get mad at the butterflies. Butterflies and they get mad at the caterpillars, but they love the butterflies and moths. So you can't you can't have one without the other. You have to have them both. <laughs> you still need caterpillars because if you don't have caterpillars, then you don't have butterflies, which pollinate the plants. Exactly, exactly. So we have to appreciate them all. Even the even the even the baby stage that's destructive. There's things you can do to prevent them from destroying your plants. Sometimes people, they'll grow extra plants and put those caterpillars on there and let them feed on those. And then sometimes, you know, your plant can take a little damage. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we eat, we don't always eat the leaves anyway. As long as the caterpillar doesn't eat all the leaves up, the plant will be all right and it'll recover. So we just got to have appreciation for, you know, this is this is this caterpillars is what is called their host plant, which means it's the plant that they feed on. Certain caterpillars, they only eat certain plants. And then some of them eat a, a multitude of different plants. Can you name one caterpillar that's very picky with what it eats? It only eats one type of plant. Can you name a butterfly caterpillar that does that? It's a big orange and black butterfly. I don't know what those are called. You don't remember what it's called? You know what I'm I talking about? You ever seen one before? Uh-huh. Where'd you see one? Um. Monarch? What did you say, Isis? Monarch. Yes, correct. Monarch. So they're, they're caterpillars. They only feed on a plant called milkweed. And the plant is actually toxic. And what the caterpillars do when they're feeding, they actually absorb some of those toxins into their skin. And that protects them from birds and things coming in and eating them. Because when the birds try to eat them, they'll taste them and they'll realize, oh, this is nasty and this is toxic and I don't want to eat this. And so... What happens is you can't put those caterpillars on any other plant. They won't eat it. They're strictly, they strictly eat milkweed leaves. And so if you try to put them on, say, a collard green or something else, they would die because that's not their host plant. Today on Black in the Garden, I am super excited to bring to the show Jade, who is the host of the Black Plant Chick podcast. She is also a plant consultant specializing particularly in fiddle leaf figs because she is the fiddle leaf fig whisperer. Okay, she is a creative. She truly is a force as far as I'm concerned. I just cannot tell you enough positive things about her, but she'll speak for herself. So welcome, Jane, hey. to Black in the Garden. Hey, hey, hey. I just had a flashback to when I interviewed a few months ago with you on your show and how much of a kiki that truly was. That was a moment. Whoo, that was a good time. We're going to do it again. Yes. Just throw black in the garden. Yes, I'm ready. 
So let me ask you my first question. When did you first realize that plants were an important part of your life? Well, Cola, that's an interesting question because I feel like it was very recent. As much as plants have been in my life and have uh, how long they've been in my life, I didn't really value their placement in my life until I realized that they were therapeutic. And that's when I think that I realized that plants were an important part of my life. And that was something that I discovered only months ago, honestly. Yeah. 2020. Yeah, within this year. I mean, and it took for me to look at plants differently, even though I've had plants and have done things like with my father in the gardens, because I thought that was a chore. I was like, I don't want to do this. It's hot. These bugs, I can't. I, uh, but I had to. And then even when I brought in plants myself, the few, like the bamboo and the umbrella tree, mm-hmm. I really didn't have a huge appreciation for them as I do now. And I look at them totally different than I have ever looked at plants. So look yeah, at you. it was this year that I really was like, you know what? These bad bitches, yeah. <laughs> they are a force to reckon with. As you are. So look at you. Look, it's like the plants chose you. Let's unpack that a little bit. That just resounds with me in, in a, such a significant way. And I witnessed that conversation happening in a conversation on Instagram. And I was just like, oh, yes, I would love to talk a little bit more about that. Tell us how you would describe how the plants chose you. When I really, really started getting into plants, I was just fascinated by them all, right? Yes. Just like, oh my gosh, all these different types of plants are just amazing in the way that they grow. And then I started taking a liking to a particular plant. It wasn't because I went to the store and I'm just like, oh, wow, this plant is beautiful. But it was something about the plant that it gravitated towards me. So I'm speaking of the fiddly fig. I told this story. I was recently on a live with Nia, the the Bloom Journey, and I was talking about how I had this fake fiddly fig, a small one that I had got from an online shop just to put in my bathroom. And then it was something about the way that that plant looked. But I was like, hmm, I wonder what this will look like as a live plant. It wasn't on Instagram or nothing like that. And so then I started kind of looking it up and went to get one myself. But slowly but surely, I found myself wanting more and more of these plants. And I think that was their way of choosing me. It was like, we're going to make sure that you are always able to get me into your space. I feel like fiddly figs are sometimes hard to come by very healthy ones. I've seen some trash fiddly figs. They always look so ran down. The leaves are droopy. They're burnt. Droopy. Yes. Yes. But I have always managed to find very healthy, big, nice, even the small ones. Um, And I think that was their way of selecting me. And then my ability to care for them when so many people feel like it's so difficult to care for. But just being able to care for them, being able to provide them with what they need. It's just an interesting relationship. It's really hard for me to explain. But I had no idea that this would be my plant. It, you know, I was fascinated by the leaves. I was, of course, all of that. But I didn't think, oh, I would own nine of them. You just got the ninth one, though. Just like, just, just got one. it. Just got mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's Amoy. And so she's right over there. But it's just interesting. I just feel like they gravitated towards me. The energy that they bring. They're just very positive in my space. Like I keep most of them in my bedroom, which where I am now. This is Martha mm-hmm. behind me. For those of you on the podcast, she is sitting in front of a splendid fiddly fig. How tall is that thing? She's about three feet, maybe. And then my Amoy is about six and a half. So she's pretty big. Six and a yeah. half feet. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. tall one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bigger so- than me. Way bigger than me. You the kind of lady that got big plant energy. Yes. We wouldn't have it any other way. I think too, because of how much space I have, having a bunch of little plants just would be like, oh, hey. It's like a sprinkle of plants. Yeah. But the big ones, I feel like they're very dominant in my space. They take up space, but not too much, but it feels good. Like I feel like they're always around me statement pieces even yeah because you know yeah. we we discussed when I was a guest on your show how they elevate your home decor it's like if you just have regular ass decorations got your tapestries or your framed artwork mm-hmm. or your cute little 
throw over the sofa and right. so on and so forth. But when you bring in a lovely plant that is very complimentary to that space, yeah, it's yeah, a whole it really new space. Yeah, That's what you're getting with yes. this uh, six foot fiddly yes. fig. I love it. It is so gorgeous. And it's funny because my sister found it. She was out plant shopping and she FaceTimed. No, she sent me a picture and she was like, look. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like it was like five of them. Yeah. I FaceTimed her and I was like, first of all, how much is it? And she told me the price. I was like, I have not seen a fiddle leaf that big for that price at all. Mm -hmm. It was only a hundred dollars. They're normally way more than that, at least where I shop. How much they be going for though? For that I have seen some for the size that's behind me. For yeah. like sixty and seventy dollars, oh. but for the size that I have, the highest that I've seen was like one seventy. Okay, so you got a deal, deal. Yeah, and I was very surprised, and I was like, okay, check all the leaves. Let's make yes brown spots. How many sunburned, scorched spots are there? There were none. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, but it's like you just described. You were like. So this plant chose me every time I, well, I'm sure not every single time, but for the most part, when you come into contact with the one that is for you, she just be ready for you. She'd be on point. She'd just be like, yes, I am yours. Take me with you. I'm here to add value to you. Mm -hmm. So just going back a little bit more into what you were describing about how the plants chose you. It was just basically, would you say it was like, it was a a vibe? I don't know. If that's yeah, it was a vibe that I wasn't even really looking for. I didn't even know. It was something that I just felt in my soul. Like, okay, there's something between us. I don't know what it is yet or <laughs> what you're going to do for my life. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know like what's going to happen, but there's something there and it's telling me that I need to care for you. I need to have Ooh. several of you and you guys are going to add value to my life in a way that I'm not expecting in a way that I have to prepare for through the care of you all. It's like you were creating a tribe or something. Mm-hmm. They chose you. And what I love is it's like we can make kind of these connections or these analogies about how our relationships, especially starting relationships with plants where it's like, okay, you don't just go pick one just because right. it's cute. Right. Like when you were choosing a mate or something like that, right. you just pick one because it's cute. You got to get right. up under the leaves and you, you got to be yeah. sure yeah. that this is not something that's going to come into your space. You went home and something be wrong with it. Hey, hey, hey. Like you said, just like relationships go. Test it out first. <laughs> just court a little bit. Talk on the phone a little bit. A you little know, bit. maybe maybe even mm-hmm. argue once or twice. See you what know? they what they really made of. Look at it while it's in the store and, you know, tell yourself, well, they have a lot of bees. So let me come back. Let me sit on this. Let me take a picture of this plant. Take a picture of the name. Let me go home, do a little research. Mm. Let me check out my environment and make sure that I can give this plant what it needs. Because the worst thing you could do, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, is bring a plant home, sit it on the table, and then try to figure out what the heck you're going to do with it? Where's it going to go? Does this room have enough light? Is it too much draft coming through here? So yeah, be patient with the process. I mean, you know, we rush and can't wait to bring 10 plants home in a day and just take your time. Are you trying to read me right now? No, ma'am. No, not at all. Okay. Cause I, I feel (laughs) triggered. I feel attacked. You know, sometimes I pick up a few, uh, maybe too many and that's fine, but you know, we've all been there. Okay. So it's not just me. No. You got to just you okay. know, take your time, take your time. Everything that you just said about selection and, and research and all of that, that was the plant consultant coming out of you, right? Was, right? right? Like, y'all heard my intro. <laughs> y'all heard my intro. She's a consultant, y'all. She knows mm-hmm. what she's talking about. She's mm-hmm. been consulting with the people for how long I you been had, doing that now? Maybe two and a half, three months now. Cool. Because oh. I started it on the low. I was just helping people periodically and I was charging but I wasn't, so mm-hmm. what's funny is when I was first starting to do it, although I was learning all of these different things on how to care for plants and I knew what I was talking about, I wasn't fully confident in that gift. So I mm-hmm. kept it on the hush because I was afraid of being new to the plant world and then being like, boom, hire me to be your consultant. So I wasn't mm-hmm. really believing in this gift that was given to me. 
And then I was like, you know what? No. Mm-mm. And and what that speaks to is a, kind of a theme that I see happening with you. And, and I've heard you speak recently, uh, especially in a, a live conversation that we had mm-hmm. some time ago about just standing firm in who you are. Cause you yeah. were like, y'all, I'm an influencer, y'all. Like yeah. I just, I does this. People yeah. really do be fucking with me and they really care about what I think about these things and, and how I feel about things. And I'm out here just living my best plant life and just life in general, of course, unapologetically. but unapologetically. So it sounds like you had a moment where you had to kind of reckon with yourself. And I'm glad that what prevailed was the voice that was like, no, I am that bitch. I'm that right. plant consultant girl right. that you want to hire. And what did the people do? They hired me. Hired you. Yes. Okay. Left and right. You set your price. Yep. You set your price. And I know you didn't lowball yourself because no. uh-uh, you, y'all, ooh, she don't do you that. You know what? And I have a story about that, a quick one. Initially, I had set my price because I wanted to be available to everybody, right? I wanted everybody accessible. to be accessible. Sure. I wanted to be accessible, mm-hmm. right? And then I was on a consultation with a lady who, at the end of our call, she said, you know what? I would have paid double for this. I'm just going to drop this little gem for the other consultants that are in the world. Once you do a (laughs) consultant with someone, your job doesn't end there. That should become a client of yours for however long they have this thing in their life, right? If it's plants, if it's whatever else, because what's going to happen- I see that, yeah. They'll want to come back to you because in another several months when they need to figure out something else again- They know who to come to. So because I've built these relationships with the clients, the lady was just like, I'm telling you now, she was like, you need to up your prices. And I prayed about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to second guess myself. The people who believe in my service, believe in me, and they know it's valuable, they'll pay it. No shade to people who can't afford me, but exactly. you have to put yourself in a certain type of lane for success, right? So Beyonce don't perform everywhere. Just no, because somebody can afford her to come into their venue don't mean that she's going to perform there. And that's another reason why I like to meet the clients first, because some people in my mind, I'm like, ah. I'm not going to work with this person. Like, I want to be able to be choosy oh, really? with my business. Yes. If you don't mind telling us, how does that look when you turn somebody down? I had someone who was like, oh, I see your prices, but I think my call may only take like 15 minutes. I said, well, this is what my prices are. This is what my call times are for a reason, because I have done these calls. And she's like, well, I like this one spot on my Monstera. Okay. So you can either hire me or not, or you can go do what you've probably already been doing and asking Ask a thousand Google. people or Google or going into these Facebook mm-hmm. forums or something like that. And a hundred people give you a different response and you do you like, but you're not going to tell me, oh, I only need this amount of time. No, because when I tell Girl, you I'm on these calls with these people, we can be on our calls for more than an hour because it's not just about the plant. We're talking about okay now mm-hmm. than that. Like sometimes they just want to be on a call with somebody who speaks their language. I had a guy who booked a mm. consultation with me and was just like, it feels good to talk to somebody who understands this plat talk because I have all these friends who are not in the plant world. And he was like, I know you love fiddly figs, so let's talk about that. But it just feels good to be able to talk some plant shit. You better be the Starbucks of the plant <laughs> consultant world. That's what I heard. She's giving you quality here. She's yeah. giving you <laughs> she's giving you an experience. She's giving you the doing. jade experience. Exactly. I want to know yes. how you're doing. I want to know how your day mm. has been going. You're about to show me because I don't do just a phone call. I want to give away all my secrets, but I don't do oh, just no, no. a phone call. You know what I mean? Like I want to mm-hmm. see your space. I want to see where you got the sauce. Going. Yeah. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. I want you to be comfortable enough with me to show me your space, even when it's not super clean. You got kids running around, but you're comfortable enough with me to be able to say, Brian, sit down or come say hi to Jade. You know what I mean? Like we've already developed that comfortability in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes Mm -hmm. my consultations so much more different than anyone else's because I allow you to be yourself during our call. And I'm not reading off of a handbook. 
I'm doing my research and stuff way before my calls come. Like, cause I'm always researching stuff straight up. Like, this is what I know. Prepared. Yeah. Prepared. So it's an experience. Would you say you're a type A individual? Yes. I've witnessed this, but I just wanted you to say it so we all can. And I wanted you to say it. I ain't going to call you a type A because people think you're being shady, but no. (laughs) You just want me to say it. (laughs) No, I want you to say it because we already have a relationship. I've already interviewed on your show. I've been through the booking and the getting ready for your show situation. And in that experience, I was just like, sis is like, boom, boom, boom. We're going to do this like that at this time over here. This is the structure. And when we talked about scheduling and stuff, I'm not that. So I appreciate when I see that because it's kind of, what is the word I'm looking for? Endearing. It makes me feel safe. Yeah. I know that you're, you, you got you're this, you're, you're handling your business. Yes. Yeah. And then from one black woman to another, it just really inspires. It inspires me to see a black woman just doing her thing and doing it well, especially mm-hmm. where you can tell that she loves it. She's in her lane. She's in her element yeah. as you are. So yeah. with the plant consulting, you're going to apply that. Yeah. That's a skill set that is extremely valuable. How did you come to the decision to start a plant podcast? I love podcasting. So before my plant podcast, I had an erotic podcast that was all about sex talk. But because I already enjoy podcasting and I know that I'm good at it, there was something that was like, okay, you need to share your journey into the plant world with everyone, but in a different type of blogging way. Because I think podcasting is just like blogging in a sense. Sure enough. And so I was like, I don't want to have to type up a blog. I don't want to do that. Like I already write for books and stuff like that. Like I don't want to do more writing. She's Um, an author, y'all. I forgot to put that in the intro. I told you, sis is just whatever she wants, she gets it. If she want to write, she writes. Yeah. But she's podcast. More about the podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so because I already have the equipment, I already know how to do it. I just was like, all right, let's just try it out see how it goes, see if people receive it well. And it just went from there. And I started it off initially only wanting to talk about the plants in my home. By the second episode, it turned into something else. It kind of blew my mind, right? Because people Uh were like, oh my gosh, I have been waiting for a podcast like this from Mm -hmm. someone who is just like you, not just black, but just a person who is learning about plants and wants to share all that they're learning yeah. um, and not feel like they're listening, always listening to an expert. Because you got those podcasts that are just like, okay, and this part of the plant and the, you know, all this terminology. Yeah, real science-like. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And it makes you just feel like, all right, I'm not there yet. So I had a lot of people, even from the very first episode, were like, I can't wait for the next one. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap, I got an audience. Then that's when I was like, all right, I got to take it somewhere else. And it's just been going from there, from having on Danae Hurst, the founder that of so Folia Collective. We just became friends on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask to be on my podcast. She can, she can either just say yes no. or no. And she was like, oh, my God. When she told me she would be honored to be on my show, I was like, Mm -mm -mm. oh. (laughs) I was like, oh, my goodness. So, and having you as my first Black female guest, the first female, the first guest, and a Black woman on the show. I was honored. Yeah, it's just been incredible. And so I'm taking my time. So we're officially on, hit our 10th episode and Nia was on that episode and we talked about letting go, but Mm -hmm. it's just been Mm. going and being received everywhere. I'm just amazed. I love it. And I want to talk a little bit more about this whole visionary thing that I keep getting all your nerves about. Right. So here's what it is. I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to connect this. This is our connection, right? I was mad when I found out about your podcast because I'm like, (laughs) well, it was early in the game because you were only on episode one, right? right? But I'm like, yo, I'm a Black woman doing a plant (laughs) podcast. Right. So y'all knew y'all wasn't going to tell me. Like, I was mad. I was just like, which one of y'all knew? And then, you know, like I was ready to fight, okay? Because I have been encouraging people 
Yeah. Whether I was saying it directly on the show, well, I said it on the show, but I remember even like doing ads for Anchor where I was like, hey, you guys, da 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 da, Anchor is this, you know how the Anchor mm-hmm. ads go. Mm-hmm. And so I remember saying, if you want to do a podcast about allocations or whatever, you know, da 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 da, you should do this. I guess maybe it was an ad. Maybe people thought I was playing. I wasn't playing. I was dead ass serious. I want to see other mm-hmm. Black people talking like we're talking on this particular platform. Right. Why? Because mm. how the hell am mm. I supposed to be able, with my little one black ass though, to cover all of the content that right. is incorporated into... Yeah. Have y'all seen print textbooks? There's so many different ways that... So I can't tell all the stories. I yeah. can't talk to all the people. I, I don't know all the plants. There's only, my, my reach only That's goes so not, far. You shouldn't even have to feel like you have to do that. But you also mm-hmm. have to realize that some people don't know what their gift is. Some people just don't know. And some people are so afraid to jump into something without knowing anything Ooh. because of fear of failure. And so even though you might see potential in these people, and this is one thing I've learned in life not to follow, it's the potential that you see in other folks when it comes to relationships, all that great stuff. Me too. Fall in love with the potential. We think that, how do you not see that you would be great at this? And they're in the bathroom like, I'm just such a failure. Like, you know. They, yeah. They're not going to see what you see. So it's so much pressure to try to make these people be great when, mm-hmm. no, focus on you, your platform, mm-hmm. what you can do. And then when do other people it. come around, like how I did, then we then we build together. I do kind of want to touch on this because this is something that I learned in the past few years about Black business and asking for discounts or expecting mm. that we're supposed to be like kind of haggling each other. Mm. But I mean, you offered a great deal. So that was that. But <laughs> for me to be like, yo, if this is if this is a sponsor you're looking for and it's within my range, then sign me up. Mm. So I was happy to do that. But also knowing what I know about this niche and knowing that as long as you just kept at it, that you really can't fail in here. Because what did I just say? There's enough content for all of us to just jump in however we want to jump in. And I'm going to get into a little bit more on like another situation with that, because that's something that I'm going to be personally offering is an opportunity for people to be able to get in on this platform. That's the direction that I'm going in. Right. Uh, season three, but it's not a season thing. It's like this is this is where I'm like wanting to offer my expertise and my consulting yes. in like, yo, did a podcast. It was it was pretty dope. Yeah. Would you like to do one as well? Yeah. May I like, help seriously you with that? though? Like not just you want to play around. No, but do you want oh, to no. make this thing on to have seen? No, I'm and that's back to that visionary stuff. It's like if you can see it. And I can see it. Cool. But mm-hmm. more importantly, are you prepared to do the work? So I'm going to be, like you said, can't take on just any old client. Like you got to be motivated. You got yeah. to be ready to get this thing done. So that's lit. But I just saw you. And then when I talked to you and I got more understanding as to how you operate, I'm like, yo, <laughs> this is the kind of person that don't fail. Nope. So tell us what community building has been like for you. Although I stepped into a massive plant community, I ended up building my own community within that. So I had what I call plant church a little while ago. And I talked about finding a community that speaks your plant language. And for me, the community within this plant world, it really changed when I had control over what I allowed in. Because I'm really big on energy and I can feel energy through a picture or the way that Mm -hmm. you post or the way that you respond to your comments. And you know what I mean? I can feel energy in all of that. You could just be talking about a monstera and I just feel like you are a little negative or you are acting like you're, you know, a little better. And then I remove myself. Because I experienced a lot of that in the beginning of all of this, I saw it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was important for me to build what I wanted to see. This community that is now surrounding me and supporting me and I'm supporting them is like no other. I tell people all the time that I've never been a part of a community like this. I've never lived in one. 
I would never <laughs> lie. Same. Same. Just nothing. It's nurturing. I mean, yes. I did a post where it was send someone plant money, right? And mm-hmm. so you could either drop your cash app or select someone in the comments and send them some plant money. I didn't know what to expect from it, but people were engaging with each other in ways that I was just so proud to see from people telling stories on what plants did to them. I sent several people plant money. I just saw so many people engaging in that post and doing stuff. I was like, this is the kind of community that I want to be a part of. And I'm glad that I was able to orchestrate it. I love that you said, find a community that speaks your plant language. It's important because it's like, we want to find like-minded individuals. And it's like, it's a niche within the niche. Cause it's Mm -hmm. like, I ain't talking about y'all who are a little too uptight about it. Cause you know, we have a real relaxed kind of like live your life kind of vibe. You know what I mean? We're just wanting to attract people who are, are on that same vibe and you're naturally going to fall in together. Yes, yes. And you're not going to do that with everybody. Not and just because we all like fiddly figs doesn't mean that we all agree on things about fiddly fig care. Or we may mm-hmm. not all speak the same language when it comes to this particular plant. I feel like you don't have to only go to an area of plant people because you feel like they know everything about Aeroid, so I have to fit into this group. No, you mm-hmm. can fit into another group of plant people who know just as much, but they just talk about it differently. They, like you said, they're more more relaxed, more free, more free going, all of that type of stuff. You don't yeah. have to be a part of that group because they said so. I want people to come on my page and be like, okay, yeah, she has all these followers, but I can go into her DMs and she'll respond. I want to be that person that is still very approachable, that will laugh and joke with you, who will send you plant money, even though I don't know you. I want to be that even as I get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you will, because you're, you are strategic and you are organized and you are enterprising. Okay. As long as you got a pen and I guess like a Google Sheets (laughs) and a calendar. Mm Mm-hmm. You will definitely get right to it. So, yo, I want to ask you a a fun question to close this out. I'm like, okay, so you meant big plant energy, right? So you got your six foot tall fiddly fig, right? I'm just talking about like any plant. How big would you go? Like the biggest plant that you imagine or maybe on your wish list. So for me, if I like I have vaulted ceilings. So if it can go as high as the ceiling, then I'll get it. Because I'm thinking like width as well, you know, yeah. like like a big old palm. Yeah, I would do that too. I got a space for it. How many palms do you have? I have one outside, three, two or three inside. Yeah, at least four. Okay. Oh, and one right here. Oops. I got one <laughs> right in front of me. Girl, y'all. <laughs> She's talking about I only have four. Ooh, Not sorry. even. Yes. So you have five That's palms. That's five. Yeah. Okay. So you literally have a handful of palms. Yeah. Ah, you see what I did? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Oh my goodness. No, there was one I, I did want to ask you about the plant purge. I thought that was so cool. Oh, it was so great. Tell us how the plant purge works. I just think that okay. is so dope. And if you know when you'll do it again and shout that out as well. So what I had decided was that I have been seeing a lot of people give away plants that are just no longer bringing them joy. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that this plant is dying or anything like that. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, we don't connect anymore. For me, my purge was more about making space for some of the other things that I wanted, like Mm -hmm. this fiddly fig, which I literally got on the second day of my purge. And the day before I got it, I was doing an episode with Nia from my podcast. I kept saying, I feel like somebody is going to be buying me a fiddly fig. And she was like, well, it might come in a way where you just get the means to pay for it. The purge was for me to let go of some things that were taking up space, but I loved on these plants. And so I didn't want to just give them away. You know, I know some people give away plants like it's nothing. I was like, oh, that's great. Do you? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I also didn't want to put a price on them necessarily. So I said, you can get a plant by making a donation. So for two days, I posted a number of plants and Mm -hmm. my comments just went crazy with people saying, you had to comment mine to get it. I come into your Mm -hmm. inbox. I tell you how to claim it. You have an hour to claim it. 
Otherwise, you go to the next person. Okay. See, I said I was done, but okay. One more. One last one. Okay. So your dream garden space. Let's just say, okay, let's use the obvious, the lottery situation, right? You hit, okay. you hit a lick and all of a sudden you got a few acres, the house is whatever you want the house to be, but I'm just, I'm, I'm envisioning a beautiful outdoor kind of garden. Do you, do you have a vision I, for that? Yes. I would love a conservatory type of thing where I can grow a bunch of aeroids and, you know, really provide them with humidity that they need. Right. But mm-hmm. then there'd be a section within that conservatory that I can also dwell in when I want to go in there and I'm not sweating and like, Ooh, you know, but yeah. somewhere within there, but I would want that space, whatever space it is to be more of an ecosystem that's favorable to my plants more so before it is for me. Yeah. I would so a conservatory to- is kind of like a greenhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I could do it in a way where I could read a book in this area, but Mm -hmm. I'm not sweating a bunch because it's super humid in here. And you know what I mean? Like Mm. it's a section of the greenhouse that is kind of outside, but it's still surrounded by plants. But when you Mm. go more into this area, that's really where all of these exotic and rare plants can thrive and live and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. So it would sort of be like a two-part thing. Just invite me and um, we won't have no beef. But if it was just on my regular funds, I would want it to look like the mama from Baby Boy, her garden. Miss Juanita. Yes. Girl, go back in the archive. I want to say that's one of the first five episodes I did. And I just mentioned Nora. I did the episode with her. That's the show oh, she was on. It was okay. called Mama's Gotta Have a Life Too. Yes. We took like a smooth hour and just unpacked how she was in there. For me, it was so like dope to discover. Because you know, my whole tagline is like the intersection of Black culture and horticulture. Right. And I'm like, here's this Black ass movie, baby boy. Mm-hmm. Black ass mama. Mm-hmm. Black ass mama. Newports mm-hmm. and ghetto cuz. Yeah. That ponytail, yes. the nails. Yes. Her boo was like yes. fresh out of jail. Like yes. giving you John Singleton. Taking that back in. Ooh, this is what I want you to do. Tell us a little bit about your merch. Okay. And while you're telling us how we can get the merch, then you're going to be like, here go my website. Here go my yes. handles. Yes. Big yourself up. Let us know okay. how we can follow and support you and get your merch. Yes. So I did. I just Something dropped some merch. I had a couple of merch ideas in in mind. I still have some more. So that's coming out. But the first one that I released is I'm Black, I Grow, and I'm Proud. And it was important for me to put that out first because... I want people to recognize that I'm not just a plant woman, but I am a black plant woman. I don't want to separate who I am from that. Like, I don't want to just be called a plant woman. No, I am an Mm -hmm. African-American woman. I'm a black plant woman. Like, this is who I am. And so I wanted to make sure that my merch represented that. I have hoodies and I have t-shirts and we are getting into the hoodie weather and the hoodie is so comfortable and it's available on Amazon, but you can go to my website at blackplantchick.com and you can find my merch there, my services there, my podcast there and follow me on social media at blackplantchick. You can simply Google blackplantchick and I'm going to pop up. So when you ask Auntie Google about the black plant chick, she'll be like, she over there, girl. <laughs> you'll see my podcast. I think you'll see my Instagram page and my website. All that stuff will pop up for you. Optimization. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't expect anything less because <laughs> black excellence embodied. Thank you so much, Jade. I'm going to close out by wishing you love, light, and soil. Yes. Hey, we did that, y'all. We did. We talked to Jade. She dropped some gems. Just a brilliant conversation with a brilliant individual. So glad to to know her. So glad to have you in your ears tuned in to Black in the Garden. Of course, you know, I don't take you for granted. You know, if you listen to this point in the show, you know, the latter, the, the end parts, that you're my favorite. And you know this. I told you this before. Don't forget. So thank you so much for being a part of this community and for supporting 
make sure you go and subscribe to everything that Jade is is doing. Uh, check out her podcast, of course. Get into it. Uh, you might even hear her mention my name a few times because I'm a sponsor. Oh God, that feels so cool to to say that. Um, it's it's amazing just to even be that. You know what I'm saying? Like showing up, supporting in such a way. And with that in mind, I hope that that inspires you to consider how you can support your peers in in whatever it is that you're endeavoring to do. I know we're not, not everybody listening is all about the plants like us weird planty people, and that's fine. But in, in all ways, in all things, we can certainly find inspiration to learn more about ourselves so that we can grow and support our peers and our friends and even people who we don't know. Just seeing people doing things that are amazing and like putting in real effort and energy and time in order to put out content because that's essentially what myself and Jade have in common for sure is that we, listen, just the planning. Y'all, the planning that goes into putting a show together and figuring out guests and and editing and promotion and so much more is a very real thing. And so with that in mind, I encourage you to, you know, show that support and show that love to my pot cousin, my soil sister, the black plant chick. Uh, Check the show notes for all the ways that you can do so. And of course, as you're listening to this show and you understand, look, I'm doing just as much work. That's how you got all the way here is me doing all of this. So with that in mind, consider how you can support in whatever way. It's not just monetary, although we love new Patreon subscribers. Okay. But of course you can share and Get creative with how you share. You know, like you can share with your friends and family. You can even talk to your local uh, plant purveyors and, and nurseries and botanical gardens and let them know, hey, there is a black woman hosting a podcast about gardening and horticulture and, you know, is very passionate about this and perhaps there's a way that you can support. You see what I'm saying? Get creative. You know what I'm, you know what I mean? So I love that. I appreciate that. You don't have to, but like, just consider it. Okay. So here we are. I'm going to close it out because y'all know Cola be talking is a very real thing as well. And I will ramble. And I, I got, I feel like a whole 17 more minutes of this. <laughs> But I'm not about to do all that. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up and, of course, remind you that all the information that you need is in the show notes. And, of course, you know how much I appreciate you being a supporter. And I want to wish you love, light, and soil because that's what we do around here. So, y'all, be safe and check your jaw. Make sure you're not too tense. And I'll talk to y'all in the next episode.